Hey, it's Mark. We're coming to you on this first week of the new year with our first show of 2023. We hope everyone had a great celebration Saturday night and a relaxing rest of your holiday weekend. Maybe you did a little traveling. Maybe, given the weather, you stayed close to home and listened to or read some of our year-end content. Either way, welcome back, and we're here with another exciting lineup of topics. As the healthcare world gears up for next week's J.P. Morgan Healthcare Conference, which is being held in person for the first time since 2020, I'll have a mini preview. Lesh is here with a health policy update. Today, I'll be discussing a new piece of legislation included in the end-of-year spending package that will increase access to buprenorphine, a medication that many consider life-saving in the treatment of opioid use disorder, and what this means for clinicians on the ground. And new for 2023, my colleague Jack O'Brien, MMNM's digital editor, who needs no introduction, is here to tell us what's trending on TikTok and the rest of healthcare social media. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm happy to be on the pod and I'm here to discuss, like you said, what's trending on TikTok as it relates to celebrity weight loss and how that relates to the Wagovi and Ozempic drug shortages and also an update on the DeMar Hamlin fundraiser after his injury on Monday Night Football earlier this week. And for my JPM preview, I'll discuss recent rumblings that a rebound in biopharma buyouts may be in store for 2023. I'm Mark Iskowitz, Editor-at-Large, and welcome to the MMM Podcast, medical marketing and media's show about healthcare marketing writ large. Mergers and acquisitions are biopharma's traditional route to restocking pipelines, picking up marketable assets and talent, and otherwise fueling growth. 12 months ago, we were asking, where have all the mega deals gone? Deal volume had increased year on year in 2021, but the total volume of such transactions was one of the lowest on record at 108 billion. 2022 was a different story. The healthcare industry's deal volume declined by 30% to 2,878 total deals, and aggregate deal value dropped 56% to 202 billion dollars in 2022, year to date. That's according to an S&P Global Market Intelligence report published on December 19th. Many people think conditions are ripe for a rebound this year, at least in biopharma. That includes a plethora of pharma companies that are flush with cash, a $200 billion patent cliff, and a bolus of smaller-sized biotech firms on the hunt for capital, all of whose valuations nosedived during last year's market downturn. Two sizable deals in the last two months of 2022 may be another indicator of things to come. J&J's $16.6 billion all-cash deal to buy heart pump maker Abiomed on November 1st, and then there was the largest healthcare deal of the year, Amgen's $28 billion acquisition of Horizon Therapeutics in December. Here's Ash Shahada, KPMG's National Sector Leader for Healthcare and Life Sciences, talking about the headwinds and tailwinds facing the biopharma sector. I think we've seen a lot of the economists comment on, on a variety of things. It was interesting. I was just reading a, a 2023 list of risks and uh, you know, put out by one of the geopolitical experts. And you, know, you can start to see the, the types of, of things we're expecting to see on that, what I call that, you know, that headwind category this year are clearly gonna still be the geopolitical overhangs, you know, what the uncertainty of the war, yeah. uh, you know, the uncertainty of the, the federal budgets and funding, for example, things like healthcare. Um, and I think you're even gonna see uh, even uncertainty around you know, the, the consumer. And, and the consumer has driven a lot of behavior in so many markets that we're seeing now, I think, the consumer demand in healthcare, uh, you know, also potentially drive people's, you know, seeking basic medical care. 
So I think those are still questions that, that I think we're going to need to sort through in the general economy that do affect our industry. Uh, I do think, you know, clearly the tailwind side is cash is strong, uh, good balance sheets, good operating models are, are still intact across the industry, and a, 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 a tremendous wave of innovation is sitting there between technology, new drug discoveries, therapeutics, and even these large health systems merging and becoming stronger and stronger. So I think when we look at the positives, um, you know, clearly we're very, very optimistic about the industry, even despite some of the geopolitical and, and economic, uh, you know, questions that might remain in 23. Look for a deal or two to be announced at the conference or within a few months that were catalyzed at JPM, which is traditionally the starting gun for deal making in the healthcare sector. Health Policy Update with Lesha Bouchak. A new piece of legislation included in the end-of-year omnibus will remove barriers to accessing buprenorphine, a medication that helps treat opioid addiction and prevents overdose deaths. It's called the Mainstreaming Addiction Treatment Act, and the bill was considered a long time coming by healthcare providers and addiction specialists who say there are currently too many barriers to prescribing buprenorphine to people with opioid use disorder. The new legislation removes one of those barriers, something called the X waiver, a requirement that healthcare providers apply for a waiver from the Drug Enforcement Administration in order to prescribe the drug. Now, healthcare providers and even nurse practitioners will be able to prescribe the medication more easily without needing a waiver. It's considered a big step in the fight against the opioid epidemic for clinicians on the ground. Orman Trent Hall is an assistant professor of psychiatry and behavioral health at The Ohio State University and treats patients with addiction in the hospital. Often patients are coming to the hospital after surviving near-fatal overdose. And so I meet patients who survive overdose almost daily. So it's really important to me that access to buprenorphine is increased because we know that buprenorphine is one of only two medications known to reduce risk of death from accidental overdose and risk of serious medical complications from opioid use disorder. So really buprenorphine for many people is the the most accessible medication with the best chance of saving their life. Experts also say the new legislation will help address the disparities in access to buprenorphine. Here's Sherry Doyle with the Pew Charitable Trusts. In particular, rural populations and communities of color have the most difficulty accessing buprenorphine. Um, Specifically, studies have shown that Black patients are far less likely to receive this medication than white middle-class patients. It's um, been a long time coming for the MAT Act to pass. This is something that will help make a dent in the overdose crisis. I'm Lesha Bouchak, senior reporter at MMM. And here with an update on what's trending on healthcare social media is MMM's digital editor, Jack O'Brien. Thank you, Mark. I'm happy to be here. On the social media corner as it relates to healthcare, there are two things I wanted to point out. One being that the ongoing shortage of Ozempic and Wagovi, which has kind of captured the imagination speculation online, is something that was going viral on TikTok earlier this fall as it related to weight loss hacks and trends. And even captured by some celebrities, Elon Musk had talked about the benefits of these weight loss drugs, but that's also led to a shortage that's actually harming patients in the process that actually need this to 
you know, handle their weight or treat their diabetes and something that's been going online, basically going from a hack that people can lean into to something where there's backlash and speculation about different celebrities who have had weight loss and whether or not that's attributable to diet and exercise or if it is to these weight loss drugs. So it's been an interesting thing to see there on a different front, the DeMar Hamlin injury, which I'm sure many uh, in our audience are familiar with from Monday Night Football earlier this week when he had cardiac arrest on the field. Still, as of the time of this recording in the intensive care unit, there are promising signs, at least from his family and friends, uh, from what they've been saying to the media. But one uh, positive outpouring of all this has been his uh, charity fundraiser that he does every winter for a toy drive in his hometown near Pittsburgh, which before kickoff on Monday Night Football had only had about $7,000 of money raised for a goal of 2,500. Obviously, after the injury, that number skyrocketed by the time um, Tuesday rolled around. It was about $3 million, and as of this recording right now, it's $6.4 million. So the outpouring of support from a number of people is related to the NFL, celebrities all around, recognizing the importance and severity of this injury, um, the sudden the suddenness of his injury and just the high fatality rate that comes with cardiac arrest is something that's been on display, but the internet in a, in a moment of grace has kind of responded and lived up to the moment. So it's, it's, it's wonderful to see that, uh, living up to the moment. And in fact, he really, I mean, some people say he didn't really achieve um, a level of fame, you know, even though he was starting, uh, I'm not sure he was starting, he was playing, you know, in, in the, in the in for an NFL team. Uh, but he hadn't really achieved a level of fame uh, before this injury. Um, but, um, you know, uh, un- under unfortunate circumstances, it's, it's good to, to see the uh, outpouring of support for him. Absolutely. Um, and there's an educational element to it as well. The American Heart Association, within an hour of the injury, had highlighted the risks that are associated with cardiac arrest, but also encouraging people to go out there and train for CPR and get AED trained as well. So if there is a silver lining to this very unfortunate incident, and we still don't know, you know all the facts of how this came about and where it's going to go, it's at least that, that the money has been raised for charity and that organizations like the AHA are out there you know, spreading the good word. Great. And you can catch Jack's story on how the healthcare industry you know, re- responded to the DeMar Hamlin injury on, on the site. Thanks, Jack. That's it for this week. If you like this episode, please give it a thumbs up. Better yet, subscribe on your podcasting platform of choice and help others discover the show. The MMNM Podcast is produced by Bill Fitzpatrick, Deborah Stahl, Bradley Weems, and Gordon Failer. Our theme music is by Sizzy M. Sohn. We're out every week. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.